Don't say if I were you Or tell me what you do How things would be if you were in my shoes Cause you're not me Oh god! Hi everybody! Welcome back to Audiobook by the Author Reading The Red Disease Book 1 of the Cerulean Blue series by Dana Berlin So I am here, I'm Dana Berlin Here is my brother Jonah joining me today Hello, thank you Uh, if you didn't know already, Jonah's the nicest guy in the world, and I'm so happy to have him here reading with me today. This will be the nicest reading in the world, <laughs> in the world. that we ever go through. <laughs> so the title of this chapter is Destiny. Destiny! Destiny! No escaping destiny! Do you know what that's from? Are you... Th- okay, apparently we're watching Young Frankenstein tonight. <laughs> oh... Yeah. <laughs> All I know is rolling in the hay. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> rolling in the hay. Um, that was like, a, oh, we're watching this because dad has it on. And, and then, like, I don't know. For know, some reason, like, that one just totally cracked me up. And I used to watch that with my friend uh, Jessica, the one that passed away almost 10 years ago now. And that's where her, I think her freaking MySpace profile for the longest time was Abby Normal from that movie because he accidentally picks up an abnormal brain and then tries to lie about it and it's like it was abby someone as you mentioned abby normal yes also you probably don't even have to see it because you've heard all the funny parts already (laughs) anyway yeah so the title of it is destiny because we're kind of this is the first ash pov one we know who he is through two different chapters of finale but this is the first time you kind of see the world through his eyes and it's definitely very focused on his purpose, his place in the world. Or at least where he thinks it is. Right. And so for him, like all these events that are happening in this chapter, he sees them as his destiny. Yeah, his, his character is very like main character-y. Correct. I'm the protagonist yes, of the anime. Yes, definitely. Look at, look at me. I'm going to like be the big person at the end with all these magic spells and my badass sword. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the coolest person. Yep. And every little thing he does isn't really, like, the end-all, be-all of it. Like, I was talking about, like, when, when he has the dagger around the corner. And, like, he, he yeah. looks at it just to see the mirror reflection. And it's like, he probably thinks he's just so smart. I'm so smart. Look at me thinking of this thing. I'm yeah. fucking Indiana Jones. Like, an inner dialogue about it. And then all he does is <laughs> see around the corner and while he's running up the stairs. And she's like, fucking I already back. took care of it all, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not really, um. He's very, yeah, shonen anime character, but he doesn't have the redeeming qualities that make a lot of those main characters an admirable person, no, I or think. even the possible, I mean... He doesn't go, friendship! Yeah, like, I always want to think in my head that everyone has the possibility to be redeemed, but, like, having right. read the book... <laughs> You're like, like, fuck this guy. He doesn't really... <laughs> just just keep reading about him <laughs> it, it, it's been fun like last chapter he wasn't even in it and half the time eli and i were talking we were just shitting on ash the whole time <laughs> well because he's almost like even though he's presented as like the pro tag he's uh-huh. almost like vanilla's antagonist yes her character that's i have something to confess I did that on purpose. <laughs> well, okay, all right. I know you said that last time, but I did not actually know that. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue. No, that, like, that was like this purpose. is the kind of stuff that's super fun for me. Like I'm sure I've said every other episode was like, "Did you get this? Did you get this? Cool." So Jonah, what do you want to talk about? 
Aldrion. Okay. What do you want to talk about with him? Tree guy. Tree how, guy. How tall is he? Um, he's probably around seven feet tall. Oh, that's actually kind of what I was picturing. Yes. Wait, so how far is that in this room? That is taller than my room. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he'd be on the ceiling, not able to walk. His head would him. be in the paneling. But he's not like a buff guy because he's like very nature. I would say it's hard to tell because he's just under a giant robe kind of thing and you also can't see his face you don't you assume he's human looking i think they see his hands but he has that mask on also so it's not really known what he looks like and how um human he is Hmm. the other thing with him is that like okay like druidy kind of character sure um which even though the oh god i'm blanking the gods morians even though the gods morians um like seem to be more associated with the spiritual and magic. Uh huh. Aldrion gives me like major like druidic kind of vibes. Right. So kind of the point for at this point in the story, what you should know is he's almost kind of like the epitome of what the Godsmorians believe in, what they're looking for. He's like amalgamation of like that deep magic. But he's like separate from them still, right? He's not he is not Godsmorian. Yeah. He is a I don't want to say creature um, <laughs> entity of the deep, though. But yeah, like even they still not like you know launching fireballs or like trenching the entire town no. like a pile of vines because the magic in this world isn't stupidly drastic. Yes, like a Dungeons and Dragons. It's not game, a, so. a was it like a chaos magic like with um like the Witcher? Yeah, that's broken. Too, right? Yeah, <laughs> that like can broken. Get really crazy. Yeah, um, it's yeah very very controlled and it's almost like. Aldrion is, you know, clearly a powerful being. Like, they can feel it just being around him. Um, and then, you know, we've seen a little bit with Nalahi now, with, like, her fast healing. And um, Ash saying, like, oh, her skin's giving off this certain heat kind of thing. Um, wow. That we know that, like, you know, she's kind of getting, like, some residual power just from being around him. But Kind of, like, has the, from, from the suckle of Hera, he <laughs> gets the immortal powers. <laughs> like, a, like a demigod. Yes. Yes, so that's why she's all super powered. It's just being around him. Yes, yeah. no, <laughs> because um. So that doesn't really have like magic doesn't seem to have too many adverse effects. Like, other than that, like it doesn't seem to have too many. Yeah, because like Nalahi didn't use it for herself; she had it used on her kind of thing. Right, and it's not even yeah. really drastic either. It's like she's better at moving and killing, but it's not. Like, yeah. Freaking. She's like, like she's superhero stat- status, but yeah, she's not overly powerful she could still definitely get killed <laughs> yeah i mean but she still does it before anyone else so. <laughs> right <laughs> i kind of want to ask you about the years because that's a thing i'm curious about like reading that maybe that's another chapter sure well i mean just like was there like kind of like too much did you have like the most forethought going into that where like year zero had to be like jesus's death date no um i did it based off of a little off of technology and um how i want it to kind of be in people's minds about um yeah yeah weapons technology medical technology um architecture and uh clothing kind of thing you know that's kind of it's similar it's a whole different world but i wanted to set it with those years just so hopefully that's a little more in people's minds like we're getting a little more towards like steampunky than we are like straight up medieval I, I kind of got the impression that it was a little more modern than, like, your typical fancy mm-hmm. setting. But, like, there's not, like, railroad tracks. Coming nope, not quite yet. Around. They're almost there, but not quite. They do have, you know, uh, firearms. Just a, a couple other things holding people back from, <laughs> from getting anywhere. Yeah. 
um, I did really honestly, the uh, reason I kind of put in a date system was so I could just fucking keep track of things. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm like, 12 years from here, when, when were they born? How old are they? And that just makes it a lot easier to like make a spreadsheet and put that all in there. No, it, it makes sense totally in terms of like you need years just mm-hmm. to keep track of things. But like, I don't want to keep contradicting myself and have somebody be like, you said the war was this long ago. And yeah. Okay. And so without further ado, here is. Jonah Van Hostetler reading Chapter 5, Destiny. Chapter 5, Destiny, June 1849, The Salt Woods. Nalahi chewed on her bottom lip angrily as she continued to eye Ash and his sister. He felt the fire of impatience burning inside him. How could you have survived the quarantine, the riots, the massacre, and then the flood? You would have only been children then, she demanded. How did you survive? Ash immediately snapped back. We only did so with broken bodies. Out of the corner of his eye, Ash saw his sister absently, yet self-consciously, lift her hand to where her scarred ribs were hidden under her tunic. We spent the entire night after the flood, clinging to treetops and praying that we didn't lose our grip. Benel nearly died from her injuries, and it took her months to recover from the infection she got from her broken ribs. Don't doubt for a second what we've been through. Nalahi looked ready to fire back. But the mysterious Aldrion spoke first. People that have experienced the same tragedy should unite against a common enemy rather than attack the degree of one's grievances. Nalahi comes from the prominent political family in Sin, so they were taken south and imprisoned where the flood did not reach them. However, when her family refused to give information, they were slaughtered. A kind soul helped Nalahi, her little sister, and two young friends escaped to where they took refuge in the salt woods. However, I could not reach them in time to save anyone except Nalahi. I raised her, and when she was old enough, she began to take justice into her own hands. Ash couldn't help but suspect that Nalahi was the presence he had felt trailing him since he and Vanel set foot in the saltwoods. She never ambushed them while they slept, and easily could have. It could be true that she was specifically hunting Cross's men. Ash couldn't shake the feeling of mistrust that still lingered at the heart of his judgment, you said Kraus had a garrison near here. Where is it? Ash asked as he turned toward Nalahi. She nodded. It is just northwest of Barden, on the Whispering Plains. Kraus had been keeping his most profitable city under his thumb for the last decade. If you had ever seen Barden before, it is certainly no longer how you remember it. She wrinkled her nose at that thought. It is a stinking city of travelers, soldiers, and criminals. All the lowliest filth of Vailhuten that do not deserve the slightest mercy. Nalahi seemed incredibly rough and quick to anger, alongside her well-composed guardian. Ash still wasn't sure which of them to watch more closely. The woman's eyes even flashed an angry yellow when she spoke of the city, of the king, and of his kin. I have been trying to force the soldiers to abandon the garrison, but the best I can do alone is make myself a nuisance to them. Aldrian's booming voice suddenly rang through the air. Join Nalahi and go to the garrison, Kionios. Prove yourself worthy allies to Veilhuten and mortal enemies of our kingdom's cruel, unfit ruler. Kras must see the extent of his destruction. The balance of the world will not allow him to tip the scales any longer. It wasn't a command, nor was it a suggestion. It seemed to Ash as though his fate was speaking directly to him. It was so clear that only a fool would ignore it. The opportunity was perfect, and it was almost too easy. Ash knew he could not refuse the chance to finally close his fingers over the king's throat even with the looming threat of betrayal. 
Ash exchanged glances with his sister. It was the first time he had seen a glimmer of hope within her in years. Vanel's eyes were pleading with him. Ash frowned, but he still extended his hand out to Aldrion. We will join you, Ash said, with finality. Elahi stepped in front of Aldrion's towering figure and clasped Ash's hands in his stead. Ash was surprised how much heat Nalahi's skin gave off as it touched his. I will be the one leading you on this task. Our future together will be determined by this outcome. Now follow me. As soon as she finished speaking, Elahi turned away and began to jog toward the end of the saltwoods. She quickly picked up speed and loitered near the threshold of his vision. Aldrin had vanished as well, but with no trace. Ash stared at the clearing where the enigmatic man had been standing just seconds before. His natural inclination to be suspicious wasn't nagging at him. To his own surprise, he knew somewhere in his body that the booming voice spoke true. The Keanios were left with no choice but to hastily follow the wild woman further into the saltwood, or be left behind to wonder what could have been. Nalahi moved incredibly fast. She knew every inch of the woods. She skillfully ducked under branches and hopped over stones, leaving Ash and Vanel so far behind that they kept losing sight of her. She finally stopped for a moment to let the siblings catch up as she glared at them over her shoulder irritably. Before the two could meet up with her, she was gone again. The forest was getting brighter as the setting sun shone horizontally over the golden, whispering plains and reflected onto the city of Barden in the distance. The city sat flush with the horizon, illuminated by millions of lights within. Vanel's eyes were wide and overwhelmed by the glow of civilization. After all this time, Barden had been so near yet they remained in the ruins of the past. Nalahi pointed to a stone tower just north of Barden and closer to the edge of the saltwoods. Ash counted three columns of windows stacked vertically up the rounded walls. It wasn't heavily fortified, no bars on the windows, and the wooden door with simple hinges would not withstand a ram. That is the garrison. Crass's generals and commanders just use it to store supplies. It's not heavily guarded, but whenever I rid it of one minion, another takes his place the next on. Most of the soldiers live within the city, spending their earnings on drinks and whores. She spat on the ground in disgust. If we attack now, the rest will not know until late morning when they finally drag themselves out of bed. A softer look that Ash had not yet seen on the woman's face took him by surprise. Tell me truthfully, have you ever taken the life of your own kind? It is a vital threshold if you have not crossed it yet. You must be able to separate their lives from the lives you will save. You cannot think of them as one of your own. Vanel didn't have an answer. Nalahi could see the truth in the fearful look of his sister's face. The girl had never hurt someone in her life. I have, Ash finally spoke up. His tone was deep and serious. Nalahi gave a disapproving look. But can you do the rest of the things I ask of you? You do not kill them because of the wrongs put upon you. You kill them because you must, for all of Vaelhuden. Ash nodded. He could make all the promises he wanted, but when he finally held a blade to cross his throne and slowly revealed the crimson within, that cut would be his greatest release. Vanel also nodded when Nalahi's gaze turned on her. Nalahi took off running again, keeping to the edge of the forest for cover. She was much easier to follow on flatland than through the woods. They stood at the base of the garrison in no time. There was only one entrance on the ground floor, but there were several windows that lined each floor around the entire building. Ash followed Nalahi's lead and crouched behind some trees behind the garrison. Two exchanged vulgar stories just inside the entrance, complete with hand motions. A yellow light surrounded the pair as it poured from the wide open door. It felt like their journey was truly beginning. He had just taken his first leap toward the throne room. 
Elahi leaned over to whisper to him. Listen, I will climb through one of the upper windows. As I make my way down, eventually those two morons by the door will come looking to see what is going on. Once they come inside, you two will be completely clear. There are no more than five guards on duty. We corner them, kill them, then destroy everything in here. Keep the outside of the building clean or we risk being caught. Without another instruction, she suddenly leapt toward the side of the garrison, skillfully clinging to the grooves in the wall and climbing up the tower. She grabbed onto the top of the window and swung herself inside, disappearing from Ash's view. The siblings exchanged glances. Vanel drew her dagger and looked as ready as someone so fearful could. Instead of his short sword, Ash opted for his dart blower instead, for stealth and distance. Each dart had been carefully dipped in poison he had learned to cook from a combination of plants and snake venom. He claimed one puncture would paralyze in seconds and kill in minutes, but he had yet to use it on anything besides squirrels and rabbits. He had doubled the potency of this batch before they left Kin. Ash crept closer to the entrance and ducked under some bushes. He aimed his dart blower at the pair of soldiers and waited. That's some big news, ain't it? Think he'll stop by to make sure we're following protocol? Nah, he never does. He doesn't give a fuck what we do if the revenue stays the same and no red scum starts running around. I've only met him in person once. Don't think I ever want to again, though. He's a hard guy to please, but real easy to piss off. Yeah, that's the truth, one guard chuckled. Good old King Crass in our humble barton, but doesn't invite us to the party. Ash felt his heart freeze in mid-beat, his fist clenched around the blowpipe. He could almost laugh in the sheer disbelief that engulfed him. Of all the times they finally chose to leave Kin and to come to Barden, it was the exact time Crass was there as well. His destiny was so clear. The path was at his feet, and all he had to do was follow, and all would be set right. And how righteous it would be that he, the son of the exiled General Kionio, and a survivor of Kin, would be the one to lay the bastard to rest. There was a loud crash, and the sound of grown men screaming. Instead of running into the building as to investigate as Nalahi had anticipated, the two guards in the front fled for their lives. Ash cursed under his breath as he saw they were coming straight towards Vanel's hiding place. He blew a round of darts that hit one guard in the neck and chest. He collapsed instantly, and his body began to seize. His partner cried out and knelt over his friend's body. Ash blew another round and killed the second guard. Vanel safely emerged from her hiding spot and approached the front door of the base. Ash quickly followed her. He could still hear fighting within the building. Ash used the flat side of his sword as a mirror to look around the corner before he rushed inside. He nodded to Vanel, indicating it was clear. They charged into the building with swords raised high. There was one bloodied body on the ground and a second rolling down the stairs with a feathered dagger sticking out his skull. Nalahi suddenly darted down the stairs, kicking the corpse out of her way. Did you kill them? Those two fucking cowards that ran? Yes, both of them are dead, Ash replied. Good, Nalahi sighed, heavily attempting to catch her breath. She placed her foot on the skull of the man's body before, bent over, and tore the dagger from within his brains. She wiped the blood and bone fragments off on his clothes before returning it to its sheath around her waist. Was it messy? I don't think so, Ash said grimly, but there is something more important. We overheard them saying Cross himself is staying in Barton. Delahi smiled wickedly. Well, aren't you two the luckiest find I've ever had? She stepped outside and the siblings followed. She placed her index finger and thumb in her cheek and whistled loudly. Aldrian's dark silhouette emerged from the shadows of the trees and took his place by Nalahi's side. Ash felt goosebumps pop across his arms as the air changed with the man's presence. We overheard guards discussing that Kras himself 
is in Barden, she told him. You will get what you desire if you venture to Barden tonight, the otherworldly man boomed. Nalahi seemed overwhelmed. I've never been so close, she mumbled. I'll return when it's done, she said as she turned to face him. Aldrian whispered something to her before once again disappearing into the night. Why isn't he coming? Ash questioned the wild woman. He couldn't imagine an ally so massive hindering their cause. Aldrian is still bound to the Saltwoods, as he has been since he found me twelve years ago, she replied. Her voice was even more curt than usual, as if she didn't want to answer Ash fully, but she knew that she had to give him something to keep their delicate trust intact. He may know much, but he can't alter what is to come. That is up to us. Benel shot him a look he knew all too well. His sister was incredibly uncomfortable, but she wouldn't say anything about it. He didn't acknowledge her pleading gaze. Nalahi once again turned to Ash and Vanel. This is crucial. The coward would never leave at night for fear of being robbed, so he must be staying at an inn. We probably only have until dawn to find him, but I know we can do it. Her eyes darted back and forth between the Kionios. Are you still with me? We would never turn from an opportunity like this, Ash replied. All right, Jonah, you did it. You made it through the chapter. You finished reading out loud for your first time since um, high school. That's not true. <laughs> I am a DM. What are you talking about? <laughs> then, you, then you've had more experience than everybody else that's on this show. Actually. Do, do you have like speed run times for all of these now? <laughs> um, it is now a competition officially. Everybody read faster. <laughs> okay, so I think a big uh, contrast that you see between the vanilla chapter that Fran did and then the Ash one that you just did is their focuses are very different and then their opinions and caring for the other sibling are both very different. Yeah. Like on Vanel's it's just all of this, you know, a lot of emotional things, thinking about hope in the future and then it she constantly talks about her brother. In the Ash chapter, she's barely mentioned and when she is, he's like uh, she looks like she didn't like this, but whatever. It's all about me. I don't really remember thinking about her opinions reading that the entire <laughs> time. It was kind of just like, he looks back and then she's just thumbs up. And then he just comes <laughs> back onto it. <laughs> Not really too much. It's in all the work. Ash does get a kill. or He might just Two. knock them out. Does that kill him though? He, yeah, it, it kills him. Okay, yeah. I totally... <laughs> <laughs> they wake up later and they're like what happened last night man yeah i didn't know like because because i didn't know how effective he had actually oh made no to knock him out. you know that's a good point maybe he didn't <laughs> he, he doesn't fucking man. know he's just been using non-rabbits so even though like we bash on ash for being <laughs> should have, should have kept going. i think ash bashing is going to be a new category in the conversations okay, okay, that we okay. have on here now like so even though he's dumb and trying to think that you can kill cross immediately it's mm -hmm. probably not the smartest idea obviously vanel's getting dragged along with it yep she doesn't have a fucking choice she has no agency at the moment yes uh but nalahi does and yes she kind of seems to think that she can too right so that is actually a big uh theme throughout this story is nalahi comes from this similar if not the same background as the kianios right she is also one that is going to fucking take matters into her own hands and kill people. She talks about it in this one. 
is having yes. to do it for yeah and does it for the good of the country basically but i try to draw a lot of comparisons between the way that she is handling her shit and the way that ash is handling his and it's not just in their capabilities but in how they place it in importance and like whether it's selfish or not kind of thing Tour for him it's all about him and his glory and his retribution and but kind of like hiding it behind this fake um revenge scheme like avenging my parents and my city kind of thing i don't think that actually matters to him it's more it's part of his hero's journey for him and to where with nalahi it's like she knows this is unjust and she has to take and she's going to take care of it that's the whole point of the conversation with like mm-hmm. can you really murder a person and yeah. do you know what it means to do that they definitely have a different stance on it um, so even if they both are going down like the same kind of foolish path they're trying to get right. it's really about the motive behind what they're doing but hmm. I don't know who's the oldest out of all of them um, <laughs> I think it would be Ash actually Bullshit, really? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think Nalahi's younger than Vanel. Oh. Huh. Um, it's all like within a few years, though. Well, she because Ash, yeah, Ash is only a couple years older than Vanel, and I think Nalahi's maybe like a year younger than Vanel, and they're all mid to early twenties. Babe, Jonah. No. So, um, with with Aldrion and him being tied to the Saltwoods. Is that like a forced thing, or is that just like kind of, I don't want to say cultural because he seems to be kind of more his own mm, person. Yeah. But is that is that more of like a he needs to do that for his magic? Or? Yeah, it's a um, it's a limit, definitely. It's um, it, it gets, I don't want to say explained, but there's more clues to it later on. Um, but it's just kind of a um, a check and balance with his magic is when he's doing a certain thing, he's stuck in a certain place. So what would happen if he just tried to, like, step out of the woods for two for two feet? Um, <laughs> he just burned to a crisp? No, it would be more of, like, all time and space collapses. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. It's not, yeah, it's not, like, a punishment to him or a limit on himself. Like, there's not something controlling him and preventing him from doing it it's um actual like the rules of the universe kind of thing i is there other characters like that because yes do i know them no in the future okay you do not know them because i was wondering if uh, like will you yes cool (laughs) (laughs) okay um so we're gonna play a game jonah games 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 okay this is the first time this game's been played on the show are you ready I think I'm going to make it's it. It's going to be assign D&D classes and character stuff to... My special. Uh, my character. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go on now. Let's see. Let's just start with Vanel first, since she's going <laughs> to start the earliest one. All right. And she's going to be the most boring. <laughs> you guys know that level zero commoner in the book? Oh, my God. <laughs> with that gives she's XP. just a fucking, um, what's it called? Like an NPC. <laughs> she doesn't have a stash. She's the NPC that just follows you around. <laughs> and she's... <laughs> like, honestly, even with my knowledge of where she goes later, like, she's pretty, like, not centered into any one of them. Yeah. It, anything like you could just do a level one fighter and that's it but anyone could just be fighter so yeah the best for that. 
Yeah, I don't. I can't really see anything with her. Her stats, however, um, all mental stats, pretty good. Charisma, not really, but the other two mental stats. And and like people argue a lot whether charisma is like you can talk or like. I think it's like likability a little bit too, or like. If it's confidence, it's definitely not high. Yeah. But if it's likability, then yeah. yeah. Or like what your confidence could be if it wasn't constantly pushed down by someone else. No kidding. Okay, so let's do let's do Ash then. Yeah. Um. He isn't like the most buff, as you'll see no. later. Yeah. So definitely a dexterity based kind of. Like a del- Um. What about like a stealth fighter, like a or like a um, a rogue kind of thing. I don't feel like he's as far as Rogue because I, sorry to spoiler, but Nalahi definitely. Okay. <laughs> like, like I, we'll get to that. Yeah. I don't know. I think you could say she's kind of rangery, but like, even though she's associated with nature in the beginning, she doesn't. Sure. Really do she doesn't anything. use it to her stuff. Yeah. That is a very good point. Cause I would have been like, I would have put her in the ranger category just because she's lived in the woods, but no, she doesn't use any of that really. Nor does it seem like she has an affinity for animals. No, not really. I wouldn't say that at all. Yeah. Well, Ash, I'd probably say is also fighter, but just like dexterity. Yeah. Very gung ho. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that the uh, the blow dart is the best option for a ranged weapon. Uh, however, funnily <laughs> enough, in D anD D, there is a blow dart right fucking there for you to use. So when I was reading that, I was like, oh, that's a D four of range damage. Yeah. <laughs> also, recently, I got really into making like poison weapon mechanics sure so when i was reading that one part i was like like hmm. i was like oh, you could be enough if you got the right animal that could be just potent <laughs> if they fail their constitution saving throw sure they're both they're both down okay so we're saying the law he's probably a rogue Definitely. she's kind of got that attitude about her too huh she's also quick as hell and quick and yeah i mean i think she's pretty stealthy also and as far as like alignment goes i don't think she's necessarily in like all the way up in the good level. <laughs> so like you're on the good side because you're yeah, not on the evil side. Yeah. Like in D and D, Rangers seem a lot more focused on like a single target kills two. Not to say that rogues don't do that, but like I mean more so like you could one v one someone, you know. And I feel like Nalahi could kind of do that if she got the drop on someone. Like I don't. Think okay. She, like if she went against like. I don't want to spoil names, but like Basalt or something like or that. Or like Ironic or somebody. Yeah, even yeah. Ironic. I think she like could totally like get the drop on him and easily kill him. But she would have to have that element of surprise yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, needs, I agree. She needs attack damage. Yep. She, yeah, I agree. That is, that is the whole point of it. Okay, well then speaking of, how about Ronic? And how are we going to classify red disease oh, powers? That has to be its own separate thing. Okay. I mean, there's like, there's nothing in the system. I think the closest would be like a barbarian's rage um yeah i can see that because he definitely like you know could hurt people close to him if he's in it kind of thing that happens yeah (laughs) and definitely you know a superpower form so i could see that does it it does make them like a little more resilient to pain too doesn't it? yes it it does yeah i mean that's kind of exactly what the the ability does It's, it's pretty close so he has to be a barbarian then to have that though yeah, I just, I, I don't think any of your characters here are paladins. Like, if he was in a D&D world, he'd be like, Oathbreaker, Paladin of Vengeance, or some shit like that. Yeah. Instead. But, 
I think he would probably be multi-class based on like how skilled he is. I think we might have made him a multi-class barbarian fighter is what we did when we were going through him one time. Fighter makes sense, but you could be creative and say barbarian ranger with the I'm sorry, I'm not trying to shit on fighters. Uh. <laughs> like I, I think I think also like rangers um would kind of fit him as well, just because of that whole like he can really like pick out the fight and what to do with it in the moment like his wisdom mm-hmm. staff would be kind of important yeah he's very aware of the situation and the surroundings no and then in like future fights i think that definitely applies to him Until like he you see that now. yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i gotcha well then almost like being part of like the Insurger rebellion he is kind of like a ranger with a base kind of thing like mm-hmm. he's still got like a purpose and he kind of gets sent out on missions. Yeah, like, there's like the yeah. one subclass called even Hunter. Yeah. He, he kind of is, yeah. And it's like sense of smell and stuff too. That's kind yes, of more he like has a better one. Yes, he can do that, yeah. He literally does that next chapter. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot about that. Yeah. That's exactly what he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, okay. But you could still have one level of fighter or two, and it would be optimal. He's like everywhere on the skill chart. I just want just like the rage, but he's not total barbarian. So it's like he has to at least have a little bit of that class so that he can have that attribute but yeah. then i've never thought of him as a ranger but i kind of see the fit now i mean not every ranger is aragorn <laughs> <laughs> oh <Thank you. laughs> how about last chapter we talked about minor tide Nalos. like what about god's morians probably or in um i mean we could get into kind of minor tide stuff later too without giving away too much it's yeah. actually his very next chapter so it's probably not too much but there's there's some pretty obvious like implication. It's honestly like one or the other for the class, but I, if I said it, it would just make that sense. Well, I know that we talked about for minor tie, we based on future things that happen, we put him into actually a sorcerer class. But when he was like one that like he gets his powers through like some kind of. I, I remember very magical means obviously oh, no, like, that, that one's warlock and i totally remember mm, because eli i'm sorry fucking, we did warlock you're correct no no, no yeah. eli fucking really said sorcerer though and he was like so hellbent on that and i was like no you no, have to do the warlock you explained that to me and you're like because it's very because you were like can you control it i'm like no and you're yeah. like he's a warlock <laughs> also because he's getting it from such like an unknown presence yes as compared like not that you can really control it because it's sorcerer people it's just yeah like, ah magic shit like i got a lightning bolt in my hand but um it's not your decision. It's the thing that gave you the power's decision. So, could have fooled me. <laughs> it's too heavy. I had to take it. It's coming off. I, I, just, I just took my hair off. Every time I see someone take their like, hair off, I was just reminded of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where he's trapped inside the room because of an earthquake and the chick like takes her eyebrows and her hair off <laughs> and everything else. And he's just freaking out. And I'm like, bro, Whatever. <laughs> Uh, you said it, but I'm just going to say it on the recording. Uh-huh. Uh, you can send Nalos uh, and like kind of put him towards... I, can't I think we might have made up in the Paladin. Yeah, and I think it makes sense, but the issue with like anything with my head and Paladin is how fucking broken they are in that game. And yeah. the fact that for like very little cost, you can just suddenly like make this magic shine of radiant damage come on your weapon. And just... You know what? <sighs> he, he actually can't do anything like that. He's literally just physical. I mean, and you could chalk up smite to not being, like, magic radiant damage. You could just say, it's you hitting someone really fucking hard. Because it's a different magic system. He's not that tough. He doesn't have magic, though. He's got Zmorian. Right. He has that religion. So he's, like, you know, maybe, like, some kind of, like, wood elf or something to translate it. But, um... 
I don't know. I don't want to just say Barbarian Ranger or Fighter again. Yeah. Stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just because there's so many of them that don't have powers kind of thing. Yeah, like all the DD mm-hmm. classes are super magic-based. Yeah. I mean, he could still kind of... Does he have like kind of like a good sense of like if there's like some evil creature nearby? Yes. Anyway? Yes. That's that's one thing with it. And he definitely seems to kind of have like an oath with... He does. Vivid. Correct, yeah. Yeah, he's well, still powerful. I think that would still go with like especially with... um. Eli and I talked a lot about, like, you know, their idea of destiny with a constellation. He's, you know, his oath is kind of to be the noble warrior, hmm. which is, yeah, his I, stars. I don't know. I mean, if Ronix over here min-maxing with all these classes, he's, <laughs> he's trying to play a dex paladin, which is like, I mean, if you got the build for it, so. We'll, we'll he's kind of built this. like that, actually. Yeah. He's not super buff, but he's definitely, like, more built than a lot of the other characters are, for sure. Right. More than Minor Tai, who's a beanpole. <laughs> Well, then, speaking of magic, how I know we don't know that much about him, but how about Aldrion? Okay. Druid. Druid? <laughs> Hands down. Okay. He's stuck to the forest. There's no, like, magic-y other thing going with... Oh! Okay. I said that But he doesn't have nature powers, though. No, that's why I was like, shit, there are, like, two other options. Cleric also makes sense for him. He's basically, <clears throat> like, a time god. Um... I don't know how powerful would he be. Okay, all right, all right, all right, guys. I got. We got to figure this out live. On camera. <laughs> all right, intelligence, wisdom, charisma. What's what's this casting stat? Not his highest stat, but like, what's where where would that come from? Intelligence is like you studied it. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, and then wisdom is, I so wisdom. Okay, maybe the, the charisma one is also like a warlock with. Uh, Minorti, Sorcerer, also. No, they're not bards. No one here's a fucking bard. There's no dandelion. <laughs> this world's depressing. <laughs> but, but, um, and the other charisma one's, uh, Paladin, of course. Yeah. It's, so, his kind of deal is as much as how much power he has, if he, like, it's so much that if he, like, really does anything, it could fucking break stuff like the fabric of space time so he has to be very careful and that's why he like uses people such as nalahi as pawns to do his bidding for him because they can do it what he cannot i don't know this is pretty stuck he's like he is such like obvious like i want to say druid because i mean there's literally an ability at like 17 Mm -hmm. or something called timeless body where you just like age at a tenth of the rate of everyone else okay except you could just chalk it up to he never fucking ages at all but nature domain cleric isn't a thing that he wouldn't be. Clerics are a lot more into the buff my ally kind of thing. And yeah. Not that druids don't buff people, but like that's way more of a cleric thing. Um, you said he's kind of more like a god of a demigod. So there's no there's no like Zeus makes cleric. Nope. Like, there isn't you get this necessarily a higher one. They're almost just kind of like there's more than one of them. Again, um, he's just the only one you know about for a very long time. Um, but they are kind of an embodiment of the deep that has conscience. Yeah, no, loop back around, Druid. Okay. <laughs> totally. He's, if, like, Which is nature magic. It's, it's a, um, what's it called? A, a primordial magic is what the deep is. Yeah. So. It's, we, we could, I don't know, man, because the warlock one too, because we're talking, like, the deep just associate with it. Yeah, cause that's the source of him essentially that's his essence so if it's going to come from that then i guess it would be more nature based yeah i mean even though like 
druid isn't like there's no like godwit thing usually so that does make sense mm -hmm. for the most part um it's just funny because there's some spells on that list which would be so unfitting for him burn the village and it's like no he can't he wouldn't that's not in the repertoire of the dude. he'd have to like let me get my giant encyclopedia of everything that happens in the world in every fucking um what's it called different dimension mm. multiverse outcome and decide if i'm burning down this village or not <laughs> Thinking about his stat sheet, though, I, I do want to ask, and if it's in the world at all, is there revival in any way? I mean, like, Jon Snow kind of revival, or can you just emulate or summon up? There is going to be one case of it um, that you are going to hear about, but it is not going to physically happen in the book. Okay. Kind of thing. So it is kind of possible, but there's it no It is possible, but, well, oh shit, actually. Jan. She's not dead, though. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was wondering, like, how, because that's, like, you can refer there, to someone from, like, years and years ago. No, so, there are cases, no, crazy. not that much. There, Fuck. There's cases of severe healing in this book, not just, like, Nalahi's, like, oops, that, well, got scratch, it's gone. Um, there are more severe cases, and then I think next book you'll know of a character that has been brought back from the dead, but it will not be an event. Also, the character coming back is not anybody that dies in this book, so don't get excited. <laughs> anybody that dies in this book is dead forever. Yeah, It's the, not Jon Snow. The only level 20 character would be, <laughs> would be Aldrian. Alcatraz means pelican. Thank you for that wisdom, Jonah. And on that note, uh, I think we're wrapping it up and we'll see you guys all next week. I have my friend Mary Bowen on to read chapter six, which is ironic chapter. Mary! <laughs> so super excited about that. Um, so see you guys again next week. Yeah. Bye -bye. Yay. Thanks for letting me come on. Of course. Of course, Jonah. Jonah! kidnappers always gave me uh, always gave me some kind of snack <laughs> they always let me watch spongebob <laughs> yeah pegasus gave me donuts mary gave me pizza <laughs> i have a question for you what die that's not a that's because i don't do requests